0: in the Gospel of Mark, and we will be talking about prayer today as the spiritual discipline we're going to focus on. And we are in Mark 1, verses 35 to 39. In the morning, while it was still very dark, Jesus got up and went out to a deserted place, and there he prayed. And Simon and his companions hunted for him. When they found him, they said to him, everyone is searching for you. He answered, "Let us go on to the neighboring towns, so that I may proclaim the message there also, for that is what I came out to do." And he went throughout Galilee, proclaiming the message in their synagogues and casting out demons. The word of God for the people of God. Well, good morning. Did you get your coffee this morning? Well, if not, then I've got news for you. We're There's a video called Coffee with Jesus that is just perfect for this um, message this morning, and it's called Coffee with Jesus. If you're listening to me online, you can Google that or YouTube video it, Coffee with Jesus, Um, and it's essentially a video of a young man who's meeting Jesus in a coffee shop, and he has come there to pray, and so he brings this notepad full of names and situations and things he wants Um, to pray for, from really serious things to very trivial things. And he spends a lot of time telling Jesus what he wants in his prayer list. And Jesus patiently sits and listens to it all. And just as he finishes and Jesus leans forward to say something to him, he goes, up. well, got to go. And Jesus just kind of rolls his eyes and sits back and drinks his coffee. Now we can laugh, at that, but most of us will probably recognize ourselves in that situation. Does anyone else feel like their prayer time is like a laundry list of requests without any real conversation or answers? Prayer is the one spiritual discipline I think we can all agree on we are all called to do. It is the hallmark of being Christian, and yet it remains a mystery to us. It's hard to describe, hard to know how and when to pray, hard to figure out the best way to pray, so we can find ourselves really struggling with prayer, much like our man in that video. There are quite literally thousands of books written on prayer, so it's not as though there isn't any information out there or any resources to guide us in our endeavors, but yet I believe we do all struggle at some point. We may pray, as Jesus tells us to, with confidence and boldness, yet we might not seem to get the answers we are seeking. So then what difference does prayer really make? How do we really know when we get an answer, any answer? Is there a right and wrong way to pray? Is praying spontaneously from the heart better than reading a pre-written prayer written by someone else? These are all good questions, and I wish I could summarily answer them all this morning, but it would take a month of Sundays to get even close. But I will say that prayer is essential to our very soul, our state of mind, and without it we are lost, lost to ourselves, to each other, and lost to God. So I will suggest that you read some of those books, spend some time actually praying and letting go of your preconceived notions of prayer and what constitutes good prayer practices. If we want to come out of our spiritual deserts, what is truly important is what Jesus himself models and teaches us about prayer. Well, first, let's look at Jesus' prayer life. See, one thing I love about Jesus is that he never asks us to do anything that he hasn't done himself. Jesus prayed. He prayed as if he could do nothing without prayer. In our passage this morning, Jesus has just spent the previous evening healing Peter's mother-in-law and every other person in the village of sickness or mental illness. He is drained. Yet before anyone else, he rises early and goes to a solitary place to pray. Throughout his ministry, the writers talk about Jesus going away from other people to pray. But he also prays publicly, like when he raises Lazarus from the dead. He prays for his disciples the last night he spends with them. He prays before he walks on water. He prays before he feeds the 5,000. He prays before he selects the 12 apostles. He prays so much and seemingly so well that his disciples, who have probably been praying for years, feel the need to ask him to teach them how to pray. So, and some of his very last words on earth were prayers. Father, forgive them, for they don't know what they're doing. Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. Yes, a foundational element of his life on earth was prayer. But why? What did prayer do for him? Even in the mystery of his dual nature, fully human and fully divine, we can see the necessity of prayer in his life and in his ministry among us. Through his teaching and example, we can see that same necessity and all it has to offer us, and it's only a prayer way. Prayer, by definition, is communicating with God, maybe with words either out loud or from the heart, or maybe even without words. Romans 8 reminds us that when we don't know what to pray for, the Spirit intercedes for us with sighs too deep for words. Prayer is what connects us to God's heart, puts us in the presence of God, and ushers us into communion with God, into a relationship. When we make prayer the first and best priority of our lives, then it can bring us into the deepest and highest work of the human spirit prayer can be life-changing and life-creating it is the central avenue god uses to transform us but that only happens if we are willing and if we allow that change to happen through prayer we are transformed to be more like christ we begin to think like god coming to that place in our souls where we desire what god desires love what God loves, and truly want what God wants, or as the Lord's Prayer puts it, thy will be done. We will begin to see the world and other people through God's eyes and not our own. Prayer changes things. We often hear that God already knows the plan, that everything is said according to God's word and nothing we do can change it. So when we pray and we don't see anything change, we find ourselves questioning if prayer really changes anything at all. But read through your scripture. Abraham talks to God and gets him to change his mind about how many righteous people he needs to find in Sodom in order to keep him from wiping them out. Moses also argues with God and gets him to change his mind about wiping out the Israelites after they made a golden calf. Elisha prays and convinces God to give his servant a vision of an army of angels. Samson prays, and God gives him his strength back. Not everything is set in stone. If it were so, then we really wouldn't have free will, couldn't make any decisions for ourselves, and prayer would mean absolutely nothing except an avenue to vent our frustrations and grief. But when we pray, as God told us to, as God gives us the ability by grace alone to converse with the creator of the universe. We are working, co-workers with God. Paul tells us so in 1 Corinthians 3.9, for we are God's servants, working together. You are God's field, God's building. Now I know that in the video, that young man had a laundry list of prayer requests, and we laughed about it, but he was right to bring that list to Jesus. Jesus had told him to, right? He tells us all to do that. Philippians 4, 6 tells us, Do not worry about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. We do have a prayer list, and we have a duty to lift them all up to God. James 5, 6 tells us, Therefore confess your sins to one another, and pray for one another, so that you may be healed. The prayer of the righteous is powerful and effective. Now, maybe that young man in the video didn't seem sincere, like he was just doing a task to check off his to-do list. But I believe that any time we act in faithfulness, doing what God asks of us, it is still effective. And when more than one person is praying, no matter what level of sincerity, God still hears and God still acts. In Matthew eighteen nineteen, Jesus tells us, Again, truly I tell you, if two of you agree on earth about anything you ask, it will be done for you by my Father in heaven. Jesus did hear all those prayer requests in the video, regardless of this man's attitude. And you can be sure that if anyone else was praying those same prayers, the power of that prayer was magnified. Keep praying those lists. Prayer not only connects us to God, but also connects us to each other. And it's harder to see that. But I remember clearly when I was on the conference mission team to the Congo in 2004, we had many, many people praying for us while we were there. And I could feel them. I can't explain how I felt them other than I felt like I was walking with my feet just slightly off the ground, like walking on pillows everywhere I went, and I knew it was the prayers of the people I was standing on. I've heard similar testimony from others who have felt their bodies healed, have felt the power to do something courageous, the encouragement to go on when they too felt the prayers of other people going up to God for them. Prayer turns our thoughts away from ourselves and helps us see what's around us. We pause to let our hearts be concerned for others, sacrificing our time to act on their behalf. We often say we feel helpless in times like this war in Ukraine, but we can pray And to some, it may sound like a cop-out, but for the faithful who have developed the spiritual discipline of prayer, we know it is the most powerful weapon we have. Through prayer, we connect to and call on the most powerful force in the universe, the power of the Holy Spirit that creates all things and has the power to change all things. To promise is To promise to pray for someone is to exercise your faith in our all-powerful, all-knowing, and all-loving God. It is the greatest weapon we have against the principalities and rulers of this world. As Paul tells the Ephesians, to put on the whole armor of God in order to stand against the wiles of the devil. He finishes it all by saying, pray in the spirit at all times, in every prayer and supplication. To that end, keep alert and always persevere in supplication for all the saints. That's all our brothers and sisters in Christ. Prayer keeps us from temptation, from discouragement, from self-centeredness, and allows us to connect with the greatest life-changing power in the universe. Yeah, but what does this have to do with tending sheep? And I know you're looking at the sermon title, Prayer, Tending the Sheep, and asking that very question. When asked about how to pray, Jesus tells his disciples to go into your room and shut the door, pray in secret. And then he gives them a prayer to pray, and we know it well since we say this prayer every Sunday. All the elements of our relationship with God are in the Lord's Prayer. We are to remember that God is God and we are not, but that God will provide all we need and more. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. How do we know what God's will really is? Would we know it when we see it? I believe we will if we pray and learn to listen while we pray. It's not just about laundry lists and telling God how we really feel about what so and so said to us today, but it's about listening. And that's what the young man in that video forgot. He didn't make time to listen. And prayer is definitely all the things I've already talked about, but none of them can, none of that can actually happen until we first learn how to listen in prayer. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd. The shepherd, fo- the sheep follow the shepherd because they know his voice. I know my own and my own know me. I come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Well, how can we possibly know his voice if we don't actually listen to it, listen for it? How can we know Jesus at all if we don't spend time in prayer waiting To hear from him, Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. Prayer is soul restoration work, and it takes discipline to both talk and listen. I know the most important part of this spiritual discipline begins by simply setting that time apart just for prayer. Jesus modeled that, and he tells us to follow his example. I get up at 5.30-ish every morning and spend anywhere from a half to a full hour in prayer. And that prayer takes many forms. I read pre-written prayers, speak from the heart, pray over prayer lists, meditate on scripture, or just Meditate on Jesus. I color little cards that have scripture on them and meditate on the verse, or perhaps on who I'll give it to when it's finished. Some mornings my mind is so full of other thoughts, I feel like I'm swatting mosquitoes. and others, my mind is solely fixed on Christ. In other words, the form prayer takes has never been an issue in my prayer life whether my head is full of other thoughts or fixed solely on Christ. What has mattered most of all is that I do it. I set time alone with Jesus and just pray. I just show up. Sometimes it's more talking. Sometimes it's more listening. And when we do that, over time, we will find that we are being transformed that our days are more productive, we are less anxious, and more at peace. Jesus leads us, like one of his flock, to still waters, to that abundant life, while we get the great privilege of being co-workers with the God of the universe to make a real change in the lives of others and in the world. This is where we truly learn to love God, love one another, and even love ourselves. But it all starts here, with prayer. So have coffee with Jesus, or tea if you have to. But make the time to pray. Go into your closet, or take a long walk outside. Just you and Jesus. Pray, but let it be a two-way street. Make space for Jesus to speak to you. You may not hear actual words or feel like you've heard anything at all. But you will find some amazing changes if you're patient. Jesus is happy that you show up at all. Keep praying. Enjoy the coffee. Experience the power of prayer. Let your soul be restored as you work with God to change the world. Amen.